The following program contains adult content. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is not safe for work. If you are a pearl clutcher, a prude, or a pious type, just don't listen. Welcome to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize that there are no nice guys. I am your host, Laura Coronado. Thank you for joining me. Hello, my name is Laura Coronado, and I am your host of There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. This is season two, episode 13, and this is actually part three and the final part of a series that I've been doing called Being Sexy. So hopefully you've listened to episode 11, which was part one of Being Sexy, episode 12, which was part two of Being Sexy, and now here we are for part three. So previously I had interviewed and spoken with um, choreographer and the creative director of Cherry Boom Boom, Lindsley Allen, and we talked about being sexy with your body, through movement, through dance, through the art of the tease, and connecting with your inner burlesque dancer. In part two of this Being Sexy series, I brought back my friend Stacy Frazier, boudoir photographer, and uh, we talked about um, feeling sexy like a boudoir photography model, connecting with that sort of inner uh, boudoir goddess, and uh, again, being seductive, using your body, uh, using your eyes, having those, those sexy spy eyes with your sexy secrets. And so now I've brought in my friend Millie, Millie the Millennial. And I, one thing I want to say is, um, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a pandemic still as I record this. And we know there's lots of divorces happening, lots of breakups happening. In fact, we're going to cover that this season. And if you're new to the scene, and I mean the single scene, the dating scene, and especially if you're a Gen Xer, you need to get yourself a millennial because my next guest is the millennial who helped me get through my divorce and adjusting to being newly single in the 21st century, learning how to use those fucking dating apps, and just understanding what dating is today. So that's one of the first things I want to point out to you is that you need a millennial in your corner. Two, uh, Millie has worked as a phone actress, and she knows about the art of using her voice to seduce and captivate the attention of men. And we're also even going to talk about the art of storytelling and how to use that in conversation to also seduce and captivate. So listen closely, pay attention. If you miss anything, remember these are recorded. You can always come back and listen again. But um, I think you're really going to like this episode. I got so much out of it. And thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And let's listen and talk to Millie about using your voice and the art of storytelling for being sexy. (laughs) 
You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. I have a single woman on today, and this is part three of my Being Sexy series. We're going to talk about using our voice to feel sexy, to seduce, to hold and captivate a man's attention. And we're even going to talk about storytelling. So in our past episodes, we talked about finding your inner burlesque dancer, finding your inner boudoir photography model. And now I want you to connect with dun, 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 your inner phone actress. <laughs> and that's who I'm talking to right now is my really, really good friend who will remain anonymous because she has worked as a phone actress. She may do it again. You never know. But we want to keep her mysterious. And in doing so, we're sticking with the alliteration M, mysterious. It's, it's Millie, and it's Millie the Millennial. Thank you for being on, Millie. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Did you like the little <laughs> intro I just gave you? Was that nice and seductive? I, and I love it. I love it. I, I love really it. built you up, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I don't think um, I want to talk about our friendship because we are actually very good friends. And we started off as acquaintances, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, how long have, do you, have we like known each other or known of each other? Um, I'm really good with years. So I, I would say it was 2011 is when I first came across you. And that was, yeah, that was on social media. Just me doing my homework, researching. Mm -hmm. Looking. And I think you like reached out to me, right? Because of my blog and like, there was like an event, there was like a series of events or like a big sort of event production thing that you were a part of. Yeah, it was, it was an arts uh, centered event. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a pretty big reputation now, but when they, back in 2011, when they wanted to launch in Vegas, I joined the team to help them. And I had, mm -hmm. you know, I was still kind of new to the city. Um, so I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to meet creatives. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was exciting. Um, they cover all mediums of art, uh, fashion being one. So I'm doing my homework and like, okay, who's fashion influencers, bloggers and whatnot. And I came across you. <laughs> and I remember, I just, I loved your online presence, your sass. Oh, thank you, <laughs> So yeah, um, I remember inviting you to the event and you did come out to a couple of them. Mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. how we met. And then we kept in touch on social. Yeah. But then we actually became really good friends when I got divorced. Uh, we had a mutual friend at the time. At the time, a mutual friend. She's since broken up with us both. <laughs> but, <laughs> at the we're time, we had together. a mutual friend and we were spending a lot of time together. And I was like... A little lost lamb in the dating world, which is hilarious because I'm like, I'm in my fucking 40s. You guys were in your 20s. Yeah. And y'all completely took me under your wing <laughs> and showed me like the online dating scene or, or just dating nowadays in the 21st century because I had not dated since the 20th century, since the fucking 90s. And when I come into this and like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, hey, a guy wants me to send him a picture of my boobs. Do I do it? And you're like, no, you, know? <laughs> I mean, you guys are like really like looked out for me and helped me out with that. Like, um, I don't know. What was that like for you when you've got like this 40 something year old woman coming to you going, 
Uh, Millie, can you show me how to use Bumble? Well, you are forever youthful and you're Aww. fun. So I didn't, the, the age, I still have trouble realizing how old you are. Because <laughs> like but, I'm really immature. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when, you know, we were playing this game, we came up with this game where we're swiping, we're reading profiles, but every mm-hmm. time we saw a certain thing, we'd take a drink. Like if oh, there was yes. a selfie at the gym, we would take a drink if there was Which, like all a of naked. them have selfies at the gym. <laughs> so <laughs> we were drinking. So as we're drinking and we're swiping, I remember encouraging you to make your profile, mm-hmm. and we got on. You know, we got you on Bumble and on Tinder, mm-hmm. and it, it was just a lot of fun, and that helped you kind of get comfortable with, you know, the whole world of swiping. Yeah. Um, and just giving you feedback on our experiences and whatnot. So it yeah, was a very fun me, time. You guys taught me so much. It was so eye-opening and enlightening. And to anybody listening, like as we're recording this right now, we're still in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, the country's starting to slowly reopen, but it's mostly still closed. And I predict so many divorces, sadly. I really predict that there's going to be a lot of divorces coming out of this, especially once the courts open back up. So any women, Gen X women right now listening who are about to hit the single scene, my greatest piece of advice that I can give you is get yourself a millennial, <laughs> like a, a millennial mentor to walk you the fuck through all of this because there's a lot of fuckery going on out there. And these millennials are already... I don't know. I feel like you guys are already like, I don't want to say thick skins, but it's like you already have an understanding of what it's like out there. Like, so for me, like I said, I was like a lost little lamb, but for you guys, it's like, oh yeah, fuck boys. Oh yeah. Ghosting. I mean, there's just sort of the sense of like, it it almost seems like it rolls off your back easier than somebody like my age who's new on that scene. Yeah. Things that might be surprising to mm-hmm. you we're we're mm-hmm. just kind of numb to already yeah because <laughs> yeah. it all I, i'd say it all started with plenty of fish actually <laughs> <laughs> and then it became more you know in your hands with uh tinder mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's just it's really like touch and go with swipes and I, i'm not an advocate of just swiping based off looks Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's like there's so many people to go through it. It's almost like a game of numbers in a sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to knock online dating or mobile dating apps, but it's like I just have to be in the mood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And drinking helps. As you said, we had that cute drinking game going on, so. I did. I feel like my patience totally goes up when I have a drink in me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it wasn't until later in our friendship that I discovered that, you know, when you need to, you will go to phone acting to like get some money yeah. to make a living and to make a good living. Yeah, it's convenient. <laughs> so how did that get started? I know, I mean, that got started. I feel like the story is that got started when you moved to Vegas and prior to even prior to you and I becoming really good friends that you discovered this opportunity yeah. for you to use your voice and you're a very creative person. So it doesn't surprise me that you're a good storyteller. 
but to use your voice and your knack for storytelling and creating fantasies to be a successful phone actress. Yeah, I, um, so I, I found out about phone chat lines, uh, I'd say in my mid teens, was a naughty mm-hmm. little girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I was very fascinated about, you know, interacting with guys, older guys. Mm-hmm. So I'd mm-hmm. go on and I'd pretend to be older. And <gasps> so you were a teenager and you went yeah. and started talking to men? Yep. Grown naughty, men. naughty. I love it. I loved the attention. Um, mm-hmm. I loved just understanding a man's mind, and it, it was fun. I would talk for hours and hours. And now this is just a free chat line. Oh, um, a free yeah. chat line. So you weren't you were not even getting paid to do this. No, no, I was just having fun. Like one of those sort of party lines where anyone can yeah connect, and and you're not paying at all. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. And um, when I was 17, a coworker, mm-hmm. um, because I worked at a law office, she told me that she gets paid to do that. And I'm like, wait, what? Wow. And she's like, yes, you can get paid like through phone acting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And I kind of just filed that away in the back of my head. Fast mm-hmm. forward a couple of years um, I move out to a new city and the job opportunity I had didn't work out so well. And I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone or anything. <laughs> I uh, don't have a car. How can I start making money right away? And I remembered that. Mm. So I looked up a couple different companies and sent samples of my voice like they just have you call and leave a voice message kind of a thing and they call you back if they think you have a nice voice um and i got the callbacks and i got hired and i entered the world of phone acting (laughs) wow wow so i mean do you feel like you're just a natural at it or do you feel like you had some talent but you had to progress as it goes like how did all that all start to sort of snowball for you Um, I did have somewhat of a natural talent, you know, Mm -hmm. the gift of gab. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, I would say that I I got better at it because (laughs) when I first got on, I was under the impression that it's my job to make them come. Mm -hmm. And is it? No, no, that's not your job as a phone actress. Your job is to keep them on the phone. Because, of course, that's how you make money. Because if they come, then they're going to hang up. And so you make less money. Yeah. But if you do it right and you do talk to them and they come, at that point, you have them wrapped around your finger and they still want to keep talking to you. So Even after they come? Well, yeah, that's, that's how I noticed I was doing a really good job. After they came, they still stayed on the phone to talk and hang out. So, yeah, that's that's when it, it really got lucrative for me. I shifted my mindset from, oh, my gosh, they, they come on here and they want to come. And it's my job to make them come to, hey, I, I want him to be interested in me. I want him mm-hmm. to want more and more. I want him to always call me back. I want him to want to spend time with me. So that's, you know, how my art of storytelling and creating fantasies coupled with the gift of gab and just 
you know, maybe an overall cool chick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So are, is the formula, do you think the formula is your voice? Your, you have a nice sounding voice. It's your voice, your ability to be a good conversationalist, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, creating this sort of fantasy for them. Is, is that exactly what you're doing here? Is it sort of like the three-step process? Yeah. Yeah. You broke it down pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the voice you're hearing from me right now is, is my everyday voice. Mm -hmm. Sounds a little bit a nice voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's a nice, you, you have a nice playful voice. I can see a man being intrigued, but are you about to tell me that you, you're saying this is your natural voice and I know this is your natural voice. Do you not really use your natural voice when you're on the phone line? Are you using different voices? Um, so I have a couple voices. Um, I, I would say I have four main voices <gasps> and oh, I'm better yes. at doing accents than changing my voice, but they kind of go hand in hand. Anyway, um, back to the four main voices I have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's the young and bubbly voice, which mm -hmm. is funny because you're saying you hear that now, but it, it gets even better. And it sounds best right before that time of the month. And I don't, it's true. Studies show that women who are ovulating use higher pitch tones. There is so, an actual study that shows this. Oh my God. But you I'm know not, what? Now that you're saying it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're ovulating and if you're a woman who wants to have children, a higher pitch toned voice would probably attract some sperm your way. Oh yeah. And it does. I got to go look up the study. Okay, everyone listening, I'm going to look for a study like this, and I'll be sure to link to it in the blog post that accompanies uh, this episode. But that is so cool. So you found a study that shows. Yeah, and it took me a while to even catch on to that. <laughs> but I would notice that I would have my times where I'm recording my greeting or my messages, mm -hmm. and I'd play them back just to make sure everything sounds good. And I'd be like, wow, I sound like really young and fun and, and like, <laughs> I want to talk to me. And it took a while for me to realize like it was before that time of the month that mm -hmm. I was always sounding better. And I just Googled it on a whim and I found the study and I'm like, aha, <laughs> there's a method to the madness. Okay. So that's voice one, the young uh -huh. and bubbly uh -huh. voice two is a little bit more mature down to earth. And it's my everyday voice. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's more of what you're hearing now. Okay. Okay. Then I have my first generation Latin American who <laughs> downplays her Spanish skills. And this is because. <laughs> Did you basically put on me? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, growing up in a very multicultural city, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. heavily populated by Latinos, mm -hmm. I did learn Spanish. Yeah. So I can pull off, you know, the Spanish accent, you know, here mm -hmm. and there. And mm -hmm. I do speak Spanish. So mm -hmm. if I hear, you know, a guy on the line and I find out that he's, you know, Latino or I sense it, I'll kind of, you know, wiggle that in a little bit just so that mm -hmm. he feels more comfortable. Because the whole thing is you want to make the guy feel comfortable too. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So um, I'll do that. And then my last accent, which is my favorite, but I don't do it too often, <laughs> is um, the UK transplant who Ooh. has been domesticated or Americanized, yeah. I guess, yeah. but lets her native accent slip in here and there. So then um, 
yeah, with those four, I, I, like I said, I mostly stick with number one, the young and bubbly, but with those four, I get to mm -hmm. have fun on the line and sometimes be different characters. <laughs> So this sort of, I don't want to say manipulation, but it kind of is a manipulation. Uh, there's certain manipulation that you're doing. Like, do you ever apply these sort of techniques? Maybe not completely change your voice, but I don't know, maybe this character that you create in your head or fantasy, like, do you ever apply this like when you're on a date with somebody? Um, in a fun, goofy way. Okay. but not as a way to make the guy more interested in me or find me more attractive. It's more not to catfish like, them, not to catfish no, them, no, but perhaps to seduce them or hold their interest. I mean, do you ever find yourself sort of falling into this like kind of role playing, so to speak, you know? Oh yeah. I love to use the British accent a lot. It's mm -hmm. fun. It gets them laughing. They'll mm -hmm. try to do it too. And we just kind of have fun with it. But so you use it as a form to entertain them while yeah. you're talking with them, while you're on a date with them, whatever. It's a form of entertainment in order to seduce and capture their interests. Yeah. You know, it's just like another side of me that I'm showing to them. Like, mm -hmm. it's my creative side. It's just my being silly. This is me letting you know I, I can, yeah, I can act. <laughs> <laughs> hot. Like I kind of would like to actually see you do that on a date, like to be a fly on the wall when you're on a date. <laughs> and this is your sort of art form of flirting is, hey, look at this cute little accent I can do or look at this yeah. voice I can do and, and just sort of be cute and silly and entertain but, them. I think that's kind of sexy and hot. Yeah, I love to catch them off guard with it. It isn't something that I'm like, get ready for this or mm -hmm. do you want to hear my accent? Yeah. It just kind of slips and then they're catch it and they're like what and then I'll just go off on it <laughs> it's almost like a little trick you pull out of your back pocket to just sort of like you said like surprise them and yeah I think yeah. it's fun you know it's cute like pretend and imaginary you know things mm -hmm. it's always fun well you know flirting uh having these little tricks in your back pocket um using your voice the storytelling I mean overall like what what do you think defines sexiness? Like what can we as average women do to be sexy on a date? How do we find our inner phone actress? Okay. And um, I don't know, like what are your tips for that? Like how can I be sexy with, with my voice and my <laughs> storytelling? And before you t answer though, I just want to say on my a previous ep episode where I interviewed a burlesque dancer, uh, Lindsley Allen. She told me I had a sexy voice. Millie. Oh, do. Oh, thank you. Very, very <laughs> in, in, in person and over this Aww. podcast. When I heard your first uh, episode, mm -hmm. I remember just thinking, "Wow, how hot does she sound?" <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, thank you. no, you sound so good, and I Aww. think that, that that's just it's you. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I was very 
drawn into the podcast your voice was just like oh my gosh I want to hear every word she has to say that is so sweet yeah your voice that was the first thing that caught my attention about your podcast just how you speak it's so beautiful you sound so great Um, so how do we get women to I don't know, work on their voices to be sexy. Because, you know, before there's a first date, very often there is a phone call date. Yes, yes. Uh, Very often men want to talk to you first and make sure you're not a dude. (laughs) And they want to hear your voice. So what are your tips for women to sort of create some sex appeal using their voice? So I say speak calmly. Mm. Speak slowly. Mm Mm-hmm. Pauses can be exciting, and so is your breath. Uh, Giggles and laughter are very sexy, too. Um, And I feel that being sexy in conversation or storytelling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is about focusing on the details. The ones that are either overlooked or understated. Mm -hmm. Um, Creativity and adjectives are very important. Uh, teasing information, engaging them along the way. Oh, and enunciation. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want to say things very clearly. Uh, You know, make sure you have a couple inflections here and there, emphasis on certain sounds and syllables. Uh, I don't know, the S sound is so attractive. (laughs) Yeah, when I do my intro, I purposely like to say sex. Yeah, you got it. Divorce, dating, and sex. Yeah, you make sex sound so good. (laughs) I make sex really good too, by the way. Just, you know, just putting that out there. (laughs) So, like, uh, um, those are really good tips. I want to focus on the giggle for a moment. Do you, can you give us an example of a sexy giggle? (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. Here's here's an example. Um, say you're you're chatting with a guy. Mm-hmm. You connected on Bumble, and you want to have that phone conversation and see if the chemistry is still there. Um, mm-hmm. So say he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? What do you have on?" A good response is, "I'm relaxing in the living room, talking to you with just my tank top and panties on." Make sure you say panties. <laughs> do you men like that word panties they like panties. panties it's it's panties is a lot sexier than panties you know want to oh. make sure you say wait okay please repeat that please repeat the difference between <laughs> panties and panties panties the enunciation you know what I mean I think I probably put a little too much emphasis just now but panties it sounds sexier than panties gosh that is such a great tip. I love it. Okay, okay, okay. So you tell them about your panties, and then when do you giggle? Yeah. Well, that was the good response. You know, I'm relaxing in my living room, talking to you with just my tank top and panties on. And a sexier response after he asks, what are you doing and what do you have on? Well, I'm not wearing much. <laughs> I'm laying on the couch in a cream-colored satin tank top. My feet are up on the armrest. My smooth legs are crossed and exposed since the only other thing I have on is white lace underwear. Are you curious about my panties? That was 
fucking hot. <laughs> you got a little bit more of a visual then. You, you know? totally drew a picture in my head because you didn't just say my legs are crossed. You're like my smooth legs are crossed. Like that was fucking amazing. You're like a fucking artist here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you the adjectives, um, cr- being you know creative, engaging him along the way. Like it's going to make for a very sexy conversation, and he's going to be even more turned on and interested. Like, wow, I I, I want to meet this woman, or like I just I want to keep talking to this woman. So I'm not saying that you have to speak like that every time, but mm-hmm. if you just slip that in here and there, oh. <laughs> well, it sounds um, like your, your details tip applies, like even for other things. So let's say you're on a first date with the guy. So now you're actually meeting him and he's asking you, so what do you really like about your job? It seems to me everything you just did where you talked about laying on the sofa and wearing your, um, your, the silk tank top and the panties and having your smooth legs crossed like you could apply these types of adjectives to what fulfills you as a woman so you could just you know instead of saying like I'm a workaholic maybe finding a more descriptive way to say oh it just fills me with so much passion to do something I love yeah like that's a better answer than I'm a workaholic exactly so it doesn't even have to be about I'm laying on the sofa being sexy. It seems to me what you're saying is these details and, and the details are even, I don't know some of the details you just gave us. It sounds like there's still an element of mystery. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's, so you're giving details, but it's still mysterious. So, you know, saying a workaholic eh, or I love to work, eh, but saying you, I, I, it fills my bosom with passion to do something. (laughs) Right? Like that's yeah. probably more attractive and appealing. So, I mean, you're really, I feel like you're really inspiring us as women to tap into our creativity when yeah. we are having these conversations with men. Yeah. And, and part of your question when you asked, like, you know, what does it mean to be sexy? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, being sexy is personal. And it's internal. Mm-hmm. It's an energy that you feel and embody. And once you're feeling sexy, oh, you're you're going to radiate that for another mm-hmm. guy to pick up on. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think sexy also means you know being comfortable, tapping into your sensual nature, mm-hmm. which is the same as you know being natural. But you've got to tap into that. Yeah. And once you've tapped into that. Being sexy means having that confidence that goes with it. I mean, you know what you like and what you don't like or mm-hmm. what you want or what you do well. So own it. Mm-hmm. And once you have that and you understand that about your sexiness, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it that is in itself sexy. Yeah. Yeah. What you just described sounds to me like a very sexy woman. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't give you a height or a weight or a nope. hair color or anything. Nope, nope but, I did not. Um, yeah, I think I think sexy, and you know, I feel that when we grow up, we're we're thought to maybe some people are conditioned to think that sexy is a look, mm-hmm. and I just I don't think that because I, I I found that there were all kinds of looks that were sexy, yeah. and it's like, well, then what is sexy? And I, that's when I started to realize, like, no, it's the energy. It was, it was that woman. 
It wasn't necessarily how she looked. It was how she kind of presented herself, like who she was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So I want to get back to something that you said where you said sexy, um, like it's about like being comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. But then earlier you said something about making him feel comfortable. Like when you're working as a phone actress, you have to make your client feel comfortable. So I feel like you're sort of tying in if I feel comfortable with me, then I have that sort of power to make him feel comfortable. And then once I do that, do you think I have him hooked? You do. Um, well, it's the start of being hooked because mm-hmm. once he's feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. he starts to open up mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, I was just sharing to you a little bit about what I think it means to be sexy. But when we're talking about being sexy to a guy, Mm-hmm. You got. You have to have some knowledge of him. You have to know what his mental hotspots are. Oh. So when you start off by being sexy yourself and mm-hmm. feeling comfortable, and then you get him to feel comfortable, he's going to up and open up, and then you'll know how to be sexier to him. I see. So okay. So we're talking to him, whether it's on the phone or on a date. Yep. Like an in-person date. And as we're talking to him, we should be observing those mental hotspots in the conversation, yeah. like what he's reacting to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want to pay attention and be able to pick up. And I mean, sometimes it can be pretty, you know, overt. You can ask him, Hey, you know, I hate this question, but like, Oh, what's your favorite position? Or what was the last <laughs> time you did this? Like, <laughs> uh-huh. Or, you know, you can, make the conversation a little bit more casual and let him volunteer that information because, Mm -hmm. you know, once somebody's comfortable, the floodgates open and Mm -hmm. they start sharing more about themselves and you learn about them and you know how to apply, or hopefully you do apply what you learn. Um, And he's just going to find you even sexier. Like for example, uh, I was a gentleman who I was attracted to. He's very attractive. Uh, (laughs) Um, there was a lot of candy on the counter. We were at an event and I saw him pick up a, you know, piece of chocolate and he ate Mm -hmm. it. The way he ate that chocolate was like, okay, wow. I know he likes chocolate and how he uh, took a bite and put the other piece in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh, he likes to kind of not in a bad way, but force things on people a little bit. Ooh. Like he likes to kind of take the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I picked up on those things. So sometimes mm-hmm. it might not come out in words, but just paying attention. So, you know, next time I was with him or not the next time, but later on down the line, I was with him. I was eating something delicious and I fed it to him. Ooh. Because if he fed something to me, that's something he enjoys. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would enjoy, well, not necessarily, this is a, not a blanket statement, but <laughs> chances are they would like you to do that back to them. Like that is a little bit of a turn on for him. So, And that worked when you fed it back to him, you saw that he reacted positively to that? Oh yeah. It kind of caught him off guard because I don't think he even recognized that he was comfortable at some point to show me that he liked this. He was probably wondering like, how did she know to do that? <laughs> That so. makes, that, now that really turns men on, right? When you pick up on something that they're into and they didn't realize that you were taking like a mental note. Oh, of it. yeah. 
oh, guys love that. And especially when you do it without being prompted. Like if mm-hmm. they prompt you once, mm-hmm. take note of that. Yeah. Because then when you do that without being prompted, they're just like, whoa. Sometimes they forget that they yeah. even prompted you. I think they do forget, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's all about feeling comfortable. When he's comfortable and he's letting things out, he's not fully aware of that. He's more just enjoying the fact that he has somebody to share this with. And mm-hmm. then when you do your job of paying attention and then giving that back to him, oh, man. Mm-hmm. He thinks you, you're you're the woman who knows everything and you know exactly how to please him. Yeah. <laughs> and you become even sexier in his eyes. So. Well, this makes sense to me as you're saying this and it brings us to the art of conversation because on Bumble, you know, as you know, women have to be the first to initiate the conversation. And what one of the things I will do, one of my tricks on Bumble is, um, you know, I actually read bios, which I realize men don't really do that, but Mm -hmm. I read bios. Yes. And if the bio is cleverly written or maybe there's just something that stands out to me, I make sure to when I have my, you know, my pickup line or my intro or whatever it is to initiate the conversation, I refer to the bio. Yeah. And, and and make some sort of joke or ask a question or whatever, just to let him know, Hey, I noticed this thing about you. And that has always seemed to work for me. Yeah, I I agree. When I first got on the mobile dating apps, uh, especially Bumble, my mm-hmm. first message was, hi, Joe, or hi, Brian. Like, I stopped doing that. <laughs> um, and I wanted it to be a little bit more engaging. Like, I wanted them to want to respond. So I definitely make sure it incorporated something from their bio or one of their photos and not just the, oh, you look great in that photo or I like your smile. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. oh, I, I noticed that you were at Rebar. I love going to Rebar. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So, so, okay. So what I'm getting out of this is that part of this, uh, art of the conversation that you have, um, a big part of it is listening and paying attention for sure, because that's when you're going to notice his hot spots. That's when you're going to notice what turns him on. And then you can use this information to your advantage to capture his attention. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm learning so much. You're a quick learner. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you you have to do that. Um, You know, I I just, all my conversations, I'm listening. The more Mm -hmm. information, the more they share about themselves, the easier it becomes for me. Um, And guys, well, not just guys, but people enjoy... um, sharing about themselves and knowing mm-hmm. that you're actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just, it, it kind of signals to them that you are interested. And I, I am because that's yeah. at the moment, you know, when I'm working on the line, like I am interested in you. I step inside, I get into this mode where it's like, I just, I do my job really well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, part, I, of, part of your job is also, or I know, 
what you've been doing to make yourself successful as a phone actress is that you create fantasies for men. It's like you create storylines. You've told me some of these storylines and I'm like, oh my God, when do I get to watch that novella? (laughs) 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 Because that sounds perfect. So I want to talk about if you could give us some insights to some of the storylines that you've created. um, Or I don't know if you want to tell them exactly, just just in case you've had a client or customer who's actually listening to this, you never know. (laughs) Um, But give us an example of a storyline and then maybe something that's more, uh, real life oriented that where you can apply to this. Cause I don't want to create a fake storyline about myself when I'm dating a guy, but like, how do I, I don't know, make myself interesting in the storyline type of way. So first give us an idea of a, of, of a fantasy of a fantasy. Maybe like when your go-to fantasies that, that men, when they call and they talk to you and you, you sort of feed them the storyline that sort of hooks them in. Um, well, yeah, my go-to is this uh, girl next door character that I've mm-hmm. created, mm-hmm. and I've just designed her and her world to the T. Mm-hmm. And I've been using this same character since I first started. Mm. Uh, a couple things will change here and there, you know, <laughs> just to make her keep up with the times. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, I know this. This girl next door is pretty consistent and that's important. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to kind of like try to remember, oh, what did I say I did? Mm -hmm. You know, I told this Mm -hmm. guy I was a teacher's aide or I told this guy that I was a dental hygienist. It's like, no, she's always going to be a student working part time um, as an executive assistant. Oh. And she's, the company might change, you know, over Mm -hmm. time, but, um, she's always going to have this underlying uh, sexual tension between her and her boss as she's oh, his executive. Oh, oh. And I know the whole Me Too movement, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, yeah I know. But again, let's emphasize fantasy. This is a exactly. fantasy that you're creating. Yes. Um, so my character's thoughts, her feelings, and for the most part, her desires are my own. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> so I... I loosely base some of the fantasies off of things that have happened with me or mm-hmm. sexy stories that I have heard. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, incorporated into hers. Because um, role-playing is a major go-to for a lot of the guys. And mm-hmm. they usually want to seduce or be seduced um, by a woman who is partially or unlikely to have a sexual experience with them. And if they don't necessarily want to be seduced or do the seducing, they want to hear Mm -hmm. about it happening to them. That's juicy. Mm -hmm. So having that go-to story of my boss who is, you know, the CEO of the company and I'm just, you know, his executive assistant and the underlying sexual tension. Oh, they will listen to that story for like a solid 20 minutes. Um, Or the story of the um, older neighbor or I'm sorry, the, my neighbor whose nephew moved in to help her take care of the house. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. They love that story too. <laughs> I mean, I'm already interested too. <laughs> so, um, you know, the guys just want to know that you're enjoying and also becoming aroused by the storyline or fantasy that you're sharing with them. So mm. when I tell the story, I recreate and I relive the experience, whether it was firsthand or vicarious in my head as I'm sharing it. So Mm -hmm. 
I'm both like the narrator and an observer giving details. So I don't know if that it's just so cool. me, my the way my mind works, but uh-huh. it's yeah, it, I have fun when I'm telling these stories. I like I no, get it, it really sounds, into it. It sounds smart. Um, it sounds almost like erotic novel type of stuff. Yeah, and. I'm wondering if this is a technique we can incorporate. I don't know. I would recommend this on a first date. I'm not even sure a second date, but maybe at that point where you've kind of have already captured the guy's attention. Maybe maybe it's a third date type of conversation. But it seems to me that this is a sort of a technique we could use when we're retelling one of our like greatest sex I ever had stories, mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, when we're at that point with a man where we're being intimate maybe we're physically intimate yeah but maybe we're not even physically intimate yet maybe we're just still uh emotionally intimate or getting mentally intimate to build up towards being physically intimate um but sometimes you have these conversations with a date where i don't know he might very well ask like where's the craziest place you ever had sex like they've had that one come up before um or you know what was the last time you had sex what was that like and Rather than telling, well, the last time I had sex, uh, the fuck boy premature ejaculated all over my blanket within five minutes. Because uh, <laughs> that's not a fun, sexy story. No. Sure, it wasn't fun and sexy for me. But maybe instead we invent. I mean, maybe this is, a, this is a point when it's okay to invent a story or embellish upon one. Yeah. Um, in order to hook him in when he starts asking us about our, our um, I don't know, our sexual preferences our sexual adventures, our sexual experience, and we feel comfortable. And as you said, feeling comfortable is the key. And women, I don't want you guys doing this technique unless you are feeling comfortable because if you're not feeling comfortable, it's going to be a massive fucking fail. Yeah. So do this at a point when you feel comfortable and maybe you incorporate uh, Millie's technique of um, creating this really cool story. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I you definitely want to embellish a story. You want to make it sound, sound a little bit better than it actually was because if it's yeah. a story about a guy <laughs> premature ejaculating, you, you shouldn't know that within the same sentence. <laughs> you started to answer the question. Storytelling is about the buildup and the mm-hmm. moments leading to the climax. And, mm-hmm. and when I said climax just now, I wasn't referring to the sexual one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, So when I talk about, or as you talk about what happens, interject your feelings, interject some of your inner dialogue, because he can't really know that or hear that, but you can tell him and that makes Mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, you know, the last time I had sex, I was with this really attractive guy. I noticed that there was a bulge in his pants. And I was thinking, oh, my God, how big is it really? So I, you know, kind of just brushed against it and I felt it getting harder. And I'm like, wow, he's really turning me. Do you get where I'm going yes. <laughs> with this? So I want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> I'm, up. I'm just piggybacking off of what you started. But um that just made the story so much more interesting than, oh, the last time I had sex, I hooked up with this guy. And he, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Give the details. Tell them what yeah. you're doing, what you're thinking, what you were feeling um, along the way. That makes it, that's part of the buildup for them. Guys love so, hearing what turns a guy, a girl on. So, physical details and your mental thoughts and feelings and 
you know, cre- creating a positive storyline, you know, he didn't not pre- he prematurely ejaculated on my blanket is not a positive storyline. You <laughs> want to create something positive and you want there to be build up and a climax. And we're not just talking about orgas- orgasmic climax, but a climax, a, a high point to the story that yeah. entices him to, you know, and now that you're saying it, Millie, I wonder if when you're talking to men like this, and you probably already know the answer to this, but it's just now dying on me. When you're talking to men like this, they're putting themselves in the shoe of that guy in the story, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on. That That's the seduction, right? Is It's kind of like when you're watching or when men especially are watching an ad, a TV ad for a car, they put themselves in the driver's seat. And that's how you sell the car because they're imagining themselves driving that fucking car. So when you're telling these stories, whether you're a phone actress creating a fantasy or you're just an average woman on a date with a guy and you're telling him the story of your last sexual adventure, he is putting himself in that role of the guy that you're talking about, isn't he? Yeah, to, yeah I believe to a degree he is. He's imagining being the recipient of your attention, your lust, or, you know, any, anything that you're feeling and doing with this guy, he's imagining like that could have been me or that could be me or that will be me. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, this is exciting shit. I'm like, I'm uncovering like all these like new techniques and ideas and ways to seduce a man and hold his interest because no man wants to be the guy who premature ejaculate on my blanket. That's why you wouldn't want to tell that story. Because that guy doesn't want to be in that role. But if you tell the guy about, for example, my February fling, um, the guy who made me squirt. Well, who doesn't <laughs> want to be that guy, right? Yeah. That's a way better story. <laughs> a better mean, experience. It's also a way better experience. Too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am loving these tips. These are great ideas. So now that we know what to do... Our, the voices, the way we can play up, the way we can flirt, the way we can giggle, uh, the details, sharing our emo- our mental and emotional thoughts. And you know, when we're going through all of this, here's a big question for you. Should we be practicing this? Should we be rehearsing this? Like, like well, kind of like, okay, you know how you do selfies, right? And, <laughs> and you and I've done the whole sexy selfie situation. We probably take what, a good 12 selfies before we find one that we like and that we want to post. Yeah. So, I mean, should we maybe be at home rehearsing some of these stories and rehearsing the giggles and and rehearsing how to speak in detail with pauses and seductively and slowly? Should we be rehearsing this kind of stuff at home? Yeah, I I think you can rehearse it, but the best rehearsal is actually just practice. You know, I mean... Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in having, you know, uncensored dialogue and asking questions mm-hmm. to discover, you know, your partner's preferences and turnoffs. And from there, be experimental. Because if you rehearse, you only know how you're going to respond and what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But that's not how conversations work. Because if... You can't necessarily predict how the guy's going to respond. And then you have to respond to that. You can't just necessarily respond to um, 
the way you do in your own head. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just, I consider each conversation as practice and it's refined by paying attention to what works well and, and what's fun for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, you know, rehearsing on man, in other words, on, on these dates that you're on or these phone calls and being observant and learning to refine the sort of story that you have prepared, you know, for your dates and to tell man, uh, refining the giggle and, and refining your um, ability to tune in to what is turning him on, what his, what his hot spots are. Um, because you know what? It's probably different for every guy is what you're saying. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I talk to all kinds of guys. There are guys who are probably a little bit more get to the point already. But you mm-hmm. still want to maintain your buildup because even though they mm-hmm. want you to get to the point, it's just that's just kind of showing you how horny they are. But they still mm-hmm. like the buildup. <laughs> um, I would say um, rehearse, but more so rehearse like a specific thing. Maybe mm-hmm. rehearse the story or the answer to the question about what was your last, how, how did your last sexual encounter go? Was it fun? Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. Rehearse mm-hmm. that, but yeah. not necessarily the whole conversation or mm-hmm. how to be sexy. Maybe rehearse that answer. Cause remember what I was saying about the sexiness, or I don't know if I said it already, but don't overdo it, sprinkle it in. Not mm-hmm. every sentence is going to be perfect and crafted with the right adjectives, but yeah, if you can demonstrate that you are able to do it, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. he's going to find you sexy. And then you'll do it again along the way. But it won't just be like back to back. Every sentence she said is super sexy. <laughs> I mean, you probably wouldn't want to deliver it that way anyway, because then it just sounds, then it sounds rehearsed. Like you don't yeah. want to sound rehearsed. And of course, you don't want it to be an inauthentic like you want the conversation to be organic. For so, it, sure. you know, it sounds to me what you're saying is like rehearse maybe some portions or at least at least know the storyline. Like how you were saying, like, you know, your girl next door storyline. Uh-huh. But um, so know your storyline, know your story, um, but don't over rehearse it. Don't sound rehearsed and allow the conversation that you're having to be organic. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want it to be relaxed. Um you know, you don't want to sound too rehearsed, like mm-hmm, you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just let things flow. <laughs> yeah. And pay attention and be reactive to what he's reacting to. Like, take notes of, like you said earlier, like his hot spots. What's, what's turning him on? Was it, was it a detail about this or was it a detail about that? Like, because it's going to be different for every guy. So, yeah. Um, and I would like to add, when you are telling the story, if, if this is happening over the phone anyways, mm-hmm. it works really well to close your eyes and describe everything as if it can't be sensed or it doesn't exist until you verbalize it. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Can you repeat that, please? Because that was a great tip. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're telling a story... Close your eyes and describe everything as if it can't be sensed or doesn't exist until you verbalize it. 
That is so cool. It's almost like you get to play God and you're creating. Like it's not created until you've spoken it through your sexy, saucy, sultry mouth. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, when I mentioned earlier about being creative. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just with the adjectives. Um, I have another tip not to use explicit words until you're in the hot and heavy stage. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Because you know, you know what a motherfucking cusser I am. And it's hard for me to not say, you know, eat my pussy. Yeah. On a first date. You know how I am. You know, I see a hot guy. I walk up to him and I'm like, lick it, baby. Yeah. But... We also know that that doesn't work on men because like you said earlier, that don't be overt. Um, it, it doesn't work. Men don't really like a woman, even no matter how hot she is, to walk up to him and say, lick it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to the whole storytelling, it's just mm-hmm. once you drop words like fuck, pussy, and cock, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just escalates from there. Mm. Like that is the part that, and to them, to a guy anyways, that mm-hmm. you were building up to. <laughs> yeah. So you have to build up to that. Yeah, you totally have to build up to that. And I mean, not to get too far off the subject, because you just sort of reminded me of this. I have a funny story, a funny Bumble story. I'm actually this really hot doctor on Bumble, okay. and he turns out to be an OBGYN. So that was exciting. And I'm like, hey, so would it offend you if I called you a pussy doctor? And then he unmatched with me after that. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, that should have been a joke. Oh my gosh. I mean, I thought it was funny, but I think it goes to what you're saying about being, you know, vulgar and overt (laughs) and forward immediately. And I think the point is that, you know, guys don't really dig that shit, you know? So, well, some some guys do. Uh, I would say they are of the younger audience, <laughs> younger yeah, pool I do, of men. I do like younger men, but then they always turn out to be little fuckboys. So, yeah, not my type. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuckboys are no one's type. Let's be honest. Yeah. So these are some really awesome, amazing tips. And since you are part three, and after having listened to my burlesque dancer expert and my boudoir photography expert, you know phone actress expert, the lesson I'm learning through all of this that I need to do, which is basically I need to slow my roll. I need to build up. I need to slow it down. And I need to stop walking up to men and saying, like me. (laughs) (laughs) And it it seems like that's what's working. Like you said, building up and slowing it down and being attentive and being in the moment and um, paying attention and, and being a listener and, and having those pauses and talking and listening. And this, this is really great stuff, Millie. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> well, obviously, we want to keep you anonymous. So I'm not going to ask you, where should people find you or follow you? So everyone, you're never going to know who <laughs> Millie is. You may walk past her at a grocery store and you'll never fucking know. Yeah, um, maybe just try your luck dialing a bunch of different 1-800 lines. <laughs> maybe you'll find Millie eventually then. That's the only way you're going to do it. But um, hopefully you guys took notes and wrote everything down because this was like some precious advice. Oh, well, good. I'm glad that I can offer that and empower women as far as feeling sexy and 
seducing and just telling great stories and creating awesome fantasies with guys. Thank you so much. I am going to take your tips. I'm going to apply it and I'm going to learn to slow the fuck down. Thank you, Millie. You're welcome. So how cool was that interview with Millie? I loved her tips. I think she had some amazing tips about using your voice and the art of storytelling in conversation to seduce and captivate a man. I love her insight. I love her perspective. I mean, she's a true expert, right? Working as a phone actress. And I have gotten so much out of doing this series of being sexy. And I did this for you. So I hope you got something out of it. Um, but of course I got something out of it too. I wasn't expecting that. And for me, my personal lesson is that I need to slow down. Slow is sexy. And that's been quite a challenge for me because I am very bold. I am very confident and I'm very fearless. So I move quickly. I will just jump into the deep end because I trust that everything's going to work out for me because everything always does work out for me. But that can be a hindrance because I don't think the average person and not just men, but the average person doesn't move as quickly as I do, doesn't talk as quickly as I do. Um, and that can be off-putting and I don't want to, you know, turn people off. I, I don't want to intimidate anybody. That's not my goal when I am trying to establish relationships with people, whether they're casual or work relationships or, you know, friendships. I, I never mean to intimidate anyone or turn them off. So, um, I'm learning that slow is sexy. Uh, Lindsley addressed that in her interview. She talks about the uh, art of the slow tease. And, you know, you don't just rip your clothes off right away, right? There's a certain art to uh, slowly teasing him. And Stacy talks about this as well. And as she's uh, photographing subjects, she wants her, her, her boudoir photography model, the subject, to move slowly as she photographs her. And Millie addressed that as well just now, right? You know, talking slowly and enunciating. And I'm just starting to realize that, yeah, slow is sexy. And so I'm going to work on that. So I would love to hear what tips and what lessons resonated with you from this Being Sexy series. And especially if you apply any of these tips, if you try any of this stuff out, any of these lessons, and if um, they work for you, Right. So what works for you? Did something that, you know, Lindsley talked about, did one of her tips work for you? Something that Stacy talked about, something that Millie talked about, like what resonated with you? What did you try and what worked? So please, 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 please come visit me at there are no nice guys.com. There's a contact form. I would love to hear your story. You can also direct message me or tweet me at no nice guys. So that's at sign, no nice guys. And tell me there. But yeah, I would really love to hear from you and to know what has worked for you. Please come back next week. We're going to talk about something that really shouldn't be so controversial, but it can be. And that's dating black men. Um, I'm not black. I am Chicana. That means that I am Mexican-American. 
And I'm going to be bringing back my friend, Michelle. Michelle was on season one, episode four. We talked about bad dates. Michelle is white. And like me, she dates black men. So we're going to uncover these reasons, you know. Um, are there certain reasons why we're dating black men? Do we prefer black men? Um, is it okay to have that preference? You know, is there maybe something's wrong with that? Maybe we shouldn't be dividing men up by race. Um, and then there's a couple of bad habits that I formed uh, during this time of my dating and dating black men that I'm going to call myself out on it. I'm going to be honest with you about some of these bad habits um, because I don't want any other women to go down that same road as well. So please come back next week and we're going to talk about dating black men. Thank you for listening to There Are No Nice Guys and can't wait to hear from you.